we are still teaching on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And under the ministry of the Holy Spirit, uh, we have gotten into some things that we need to bring more clarity to. And that's why when God continues to give us the word, he is bringing more clarity to things that you need to know about. Amen. Amen. Uh, in Genesis chapter number three, I'm going to be reading uh, six verses and then you can take your seat. Okay. Uh, in Genesis chapter three and verse one, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, has God said, You shall not eat of it, of, of every tree of the garden. Uh, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He asked her a question. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the trees which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, Amen. then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. All right, you can be seated. Father, we thank you now for your word, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, teach us your word. Help us to understand your word. Now, we bless you, Father. We praise you, and we appreciate you. Thank you for your eternal life that you've given to us through your son. We thank you, Lord, for giving us your, your, your fulfilling for us your death, burial, and resurrection. We honor you. We praise you. We appreciate you now. Thank you for the anointing to teach your word, the Holy Spirit of the living God in Jesus' name. All of you that prayer said amen. amen. All right. So what we want to do today, we want to, like I always say, is continue because I don't ever see us getting to the end. So we just continue. All right. So what I like to do today, I like to uh, add to what we had last week. Last week, uh, we did a teaching uh, last week, uh, continuing uh, how did the serpent deceive Eve is what we talked about last week. I said to you that if you could learn, if you could learn how the serpent deceived Eve, then you'll understand how important salvation is so you will not be deceived. I'm going to say this, and I say this not to put down anybody, but I would say pretty much 90 plus percent, 90 plus percent of people who go to church have been deceived. 90 plus. In the days of Noah, there was only eight people saved. Eight people in the days of Noah. The disciples asked Jesus, he said, Lord, will there few be saved? He said to them, with God, it is, with man is impossible, with God, all things are possible. It's an awesome thing to go to church all your life and you're not saved. Otherwise, until you have the spirit, that's why I read this verse all the time. Look at Romans 
Uh, let me give you my subject. First of all, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 6, uh, we're going to talk about the day, because I asked the question last week, and the question last week was, uh, how did the enemy, how did the serpent deceive Eve? How did the serpent deceive Eve? So if the serpent deceived Eve, we showed you last week through his subtlety. Through his subtlety. And we're going to go to that. Let's go to that first. 2 Corinthians 11 3. Let's go to that first. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. Uh, we, we showed you that in Genesis 3 13. We're going to show it to you in two or three different places. Uh, we're going to show it to you in 2 Corinthians 11 3. We're going to show it to you in. Uh, Genesis 3.13. We're going to show you that because it was the enemy, the serpent, he deceived Eve. So if I can find out how did the serpent deceive Eve, then I can make sure that I won't get deceived. Because he, he, remember, he is so subtle. And you got to understand, otherwise, to be subtle means I, she thought she was right. I mean, she would have betted on it. And now people go to church right now, you look right in the face, how you saved, they'll tell you, yeah. And don't even know that they're not saved because they don't even know what being saved is. And they go to church every Sunday. And a lot of people know what it is, but they won't do it because they don't want to lose their life. They don't want to. See, in the Old Testament, they had to physically give their life to be saved. Physically. New Testament, you give your life spiritually. So that's why you are not in the Old Testament. Old Testament, you had to physically give your life. Those people who followed Jesus in the Old Covenant physically had to, be die, had to die. They had their heads cut off. Physically for them to be saved. And here it is, you are, you are saved, but you are saved spiritually. And you give your life, but you give your life spiritually. And people won't give their life spiritually. Now these people gave their life physically. Head was cut off. All right, now, that's why I'm saying that... that we're we talking about out of the whole uh, Old Testament. During the days of Noah, only eight people were saved. So when I look at that, you know, this is something that I don't take lightly because I don't want to be going to church all my life and then I die and go to hell. Uh, I, I don't want that for a testimony. Okay, so we're we waiting for those things to come up on the screen. Now, I gave you son, we gave you 2 Corinthians 11, 3, but watch what... The, watch what the Holy Spirit said, remember this is the Holy Spirit ministry through Paul. He said, but I feel that any, less by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. This is what he said to the church now. We're not talking to people in the world. This is the church. Remember the church of God was the natural church. Said the church of God was the natural church. Otherwise it was the local church. So you got to understand, when Paul talking to the church of God, he talking to a local church. So that he's not saying everybody in the church saved because you become the church. He told you, you're the temple, you're the church. But he was talking to a local assembly and he said to the church of God, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility or subtility. So your mind. So he's going to show you how he deceived you is through your mind. So he's giving you Everything you need to know through your mind. I said this morning in our early time with the Lord, I said, people don't know about rat poison. 
But you can have a you can have rat poison only one percent, probably less than one percent is really poison. The rest of it is good to eat. But because the poison is in the food, it kills the rat. So they gave him the food so he'll eat it, and the poison in the food to kill him. So it doesn't take a lot of poison to kill a rat, is the point. That's why Paul says by the Holy Ghost, a little leaven, leaven the whole lump. Okay, let's do that. He said, but I fear, Paul says, lest by any means, as the serpent began to eat through his subtlety. So your minds, so he's telling you how the enemy will deceive you. So your minds should be corrupted. Now remember what's being corrupted. The mind, he corrupts the mind from, from the simplicity that's in Christ. So the enemy's job is to corrupt your mind. Now, once he corrupts the mind, and he has already done that uh, through Adam, that's why we got to renew our minds. And so that's the first thing has to happen once you get saved. You don't get a new mind. You, you, get, a, you get the mind of Christ, but you got to renew your mind to get there. You got to do that. You got to get all that stuff out of there. You can't allow thoughts Things I used to believe to stay in the mind. Things I used to believe. See, before I got saved, I believed I had to be water baptized to get saved. Well, once I get saved, I can't have that thought still there. Because if I still got the thought there that I believe you got to be water baptized to be saved, then I'm not believing God's grace and his death on the cross is what saved me. See, I'm still thinking I got to do something to be saved. Amen. Let me say this. It doesn't make any difference what it is that you got to do to be saved. It's all the same thing. So if I got to believe that I got to be baptized in water to be saved, or I got to take communion to be saved, or I got to do foot wash to be saved, or I got to, if that has anything to do with my salvation or anything to do with my cleansing, anything to do with my salvation at all, then I've been deceived. Like Paul, Paul dealt with the word circumcised. Paul said, if you be circumcised, it profits you nothing. <laughs> so see, anything you do to be saved become leaven. It must all be what he has done for me. And that's how I was saved. So all I can do is receive his salvation. All right, with that in mind, back to that 2 Corinthians 11 and 3 one more time, and then I'm going to go on. But I fear... Paul says, lest by any means that the serpent be God eat through his subtility. He told you how, or subtlety. He's very subtle. So your mind should be corrupted. Corrupted. He corrupted the mind from the simplicity. From, got to understand, he corrupted the mind from the simplicity that in Christ. It is so simple to believe Christ died, buried, and raised again from the dead and for my justification. That's how I was saved. It's so, and then people turn around and tell you, hey, what have you been water baptized? And then you say, well, what, what they got to do with it? Well, if you haven't been baptized in water in Jesus' name, you're not saved. See, this is what you got to understand. That's, that's what happens. And this is why people have stuff in their heads and their hearts, and they don't realize those little things w would be the reason why you don't believe. All right? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you that in the Word of God today. We're going to go through some of those things. In the word of God. Now I gave you one more. Whatever what would I gave you? I gave you Genesis chapter 3, verse 13. That's what it is. Okay, I, I want to see how you listen to me. 
In Genesis 3.13, the Bible said, And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, Watch what he's going to say. The serpent beguiled. So that means, that, remember, he's subtle. So how did he do? He beguiled me and I did eat. Now, if he beguiled me, I'm going to show you my today's teaching because today's teaching is the woman, then I want you to put the word parenthesis Eve because the word, the woman means the church. The woman, remember Paul is talking to the woman. He said the woman, parenthesis Eve, ate of the wrong tree. Now that's all she did. So you got to understand how was she deceived. Last week's message was how did the serpent deceive Eve? She ate of the wrong tree. Now, I'm going to show you some things about Eve. First of all, I'm going to show you she didn't know the word. See, you watch people, and I'm a pastor, so I observe this a lot. When people, the reason why I, we, we work so hard, I thank God for my, my, my son, I call him my son, Brother Rich, and also... Uh, my, my brother, for making sure we get these scriptures. You know, in my editing department there. I thank God for getting the scripture on the, on the screen. That's why we have so many people in our ministry we want to know. So if somebody's not here, they got to get it and go to work. Because the way I minister is I'm a teacher. I'm not teaching you about the word. I'm teaching you the word. See, you got to know the difference because there are people who teach you about the word. They're not going to show you the scripture. They're going to tell you over there in John, the Bible says. Or over there in Luke, the Bible says. You don't remember Jesus says. Uh, Paul says. See, that's the thing. But you'll never see the scripture. you never hear the scripture. And then you got a group of people who teaches you, but they'll teach you what they say about the Bible. And you don't know the difference, see, you, you deceive. Because your faith is not in the Word, your faith is what they said about the Word. So that's why it's so important to come, to come somewhere and get taught the Word for yourself. All right, now, so what I want to do is, I want to go to this, the verse I'm, I'm looking for now, is Genesis. So in Genesis 3.13, he said, The serpent beguiled me, the last portion of that verse. The serpent beguiled me and I did eat. So he's told you, she said what the serpent did to her. So Paul is going to bring this back to the church when I read 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. He says, so, so that's my fear. Ere the serpent beguiled Eve. Ere the serpent beguiled Eve. He said, I, 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 I fear that would happen to you. The most important thing you have in this earth is your soul to be saved. That's the most important thing. That's why Jesus said, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and then lose his own soul? It's an awesome thing to live here so many years and then die and you never reach the destiny that God had for your life. The destiny that God had for your life is to be with him through eternity. It's an awesome thing to live all of your life and you have to live with the devil for eternity because you've been deceived. And everyone that will go to hell, I will say this, they have been deceived. See, the devil deceives you if he can get you from the word. 
See, you think you, you see what happened is we don't we don't think we can be deceived. But all he got to do is get you from the word. All he got to get do is make sure he gets you to a church where you're not going to learn the word. He already deceived you. All right, let me show you. Let me show you what happened to you. We're going to show you in the word, in the book of Genesis. In chapter 3 and 13, we just showed you that. But we showed you, she said the word eight, A-T-E. Put that down. She said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat, Genesis 3.13. So we know how she was lost or how she was deceived because I'm talking about the woman, parenthesis Eve. When you get a chance, I want that on the screen. The woman, parenthesis capital E. E-V-E, ate of the wrong tree. Now you, you just think, just think about it. The only way she would deceive, see we got all this other stuff telling you how focused what she would deceive because she ate of the wrong tree. My next message or the message after that, I'm going to show you all the different things that people believe to be saved. All I did was Got my phone and said, Google, how can a person be saved today? Just try sometime. And they got, well, okay, uh, Earl, and gave me about five different places that told me how to be saved. And I just wrote them all out. Try sometime. They got probably five different definitions on the one thing. Because they don't know. I mean, when I look at this, they said that this is how you say it. This happened. Then they said, what happened when the person gets saved? I mean, they went all through. Uh, they went all through. I mean, I'm going like, well, after they finish, I still don't know. Not many people know to tell you how to be saved. I hope you know enough to tell somebody else. Because when somebody walks to this altar to give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you're the person that's going to meet them, you better know what you're doing. Because you're not trying to get them to do one thing and that's receive what they just heard. So the first question I would do when somebody walked to this altar, I, I would say to them, uh, did you believe what you just heard? Because pastor just preached to you the gospel of Christ. And then I would say 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, number one, the way you're saved, you have to believe Christ died for your sin. Amen. See, you don't tell them other stuff because that's not how you're saved. First, you have to believe Christ died for your sins. Second, you have to believe that Christ rose again from the dead. So you got to believe he buried, death, burial, resurrection. Those are the three things you have to believe. Now you say to the person, they say, oh, I believe that. Okay, then. I want you now to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And by doing that, you're going to also receive the Holy Spirit. You understand that? Okay, just say, Lord Jesus, I believe. And that's all they're doing. You can't do a form. They got to do it. 
Lord, I believe Christ died for my sins. Say that with me. Lord, I believe Christ died for my sins. I believe he was buried. And the third day, I believe he rose from the dead for my justification. To make me right with God. I receive your Holy Spirit. And that's salvation. Now, let me show you that why he rose. Look at Romans, look at Romans 4.25. So you have to understand, when, when, why do you have to believe he rose from the dead? Because he rose from the dead for your justification. Amen. Otherwise, he rose from the dead to make you right with God. So after this, we're going to show you two things, and that's going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and then I'm going to show you verse 14 through 17. And then we're going to get my message. Now, I don't know what that on the board is, but row 25, so you start at 24, right? Romans chapter 4, verse 25. It says, who, who was delivered, Christ was, when he was delivered, when he came to the cross. He was delivered for our offenses. So he died on the cross for what reason? For our offenses. See, he was delivered over to the Romans to be killed. So he was delivered for our offense, but he was raised again from the dead for what reason? For our what? For our justification. So Christ was raised from the dead for our justification. What does, what does it mean for our justification? To make me right with God. All right, now can I put that same thing on the, bio, on the screen from the NLT? The NLT is the New Living Translation. I use the Good News, NLT, King James. It's what I teach out. But I like to show you different things to show you what the Word of God says. See, that word justification is to me. It means to make me right with God. So that's why when you see what the Bible says, you see what it says there? He was, hand, he was handed over to die because of our sins. Why did they give him over to die for our sins? See there, for our offense. The word offense means sins. And he was raised to life. For what reason? Come on, see, you need to get on this. That's what I'm saying. I'm showing you how to be saved. Because I got a teaching coming to show you. This is what I taught last week. Last week I showed you how did the enemy deceive Eve. And I'm going to show you the word because she didn't know the word. So when you don't know the word, I can tell you anything. You don't know anyway. People who are, people who are ignorant of the word are the ones who will be deceived. All right, so watch what it says. It says, he was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. Now just think about what you just said. If Jesus already died to pay for the sins, and then he was raised from the dead to make me right with God, then think about all the stuff folks are doing in church today. Can we look at them? First of all, I asked the man, I said, why are you water baptizing? And the first thing people are going to tell you is to wash away your sins. Well, if they wash away your sins, then what did Christ die for? I just showed you he died for your sins. Can't you see? See, water baptism was a type and a shadow of the New Testament. It was not the New Testament. It's the type and a shadow. Everything naturally is Old Testament. See, something you're going to have to learn to know the Bible. If I, if I do something in this church and it's natural, 
is the Old Testament. And I showed you last week that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. Well, if he fulfilled it, then why am I going over something he already fulfilled? I'm really not believing him. Because if I believe he fulfilled, why am I doing it? If I believe he raised from the dead to make me right with God, then what am I doing? So that's why when Paul came, Paul told them, look, Christ did not send me to baptize. He sent me to preach the gospel because he was in a different dispensation. All right, now, I just want to go over what I gave you. Romans 4.25, what did I give you next? I gave you 1 Corinthians 15, 14 through 17. Now watch what he says. Stay in the NLT. Are you there? Stay in it. Just stay in the NLT. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14, I'm still reading out of the NLT. I know, she's going to switch it over. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14 through 17. I'm going to read that out of the NLT also. I'm going to get into my message. He said, if Christ has not been raised, say, if Christ... Has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless. So, so if Christ did not get up from the ground, we don't have nothing to preach about. How many know Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is the good news? Well, we won't have no good news if he didn't get up from the ground. Then our preaching is useless, and then your faith is useless. Otherwise, your faith is no good if it does not have power to plug it into. So you understand how, power, how faith works. Faith must be plugged into a source. So the Bible says, have faith in. Your faith got to be in. Well, if your faith ain't in God, it don't have no source. I can have elect Electricity. I got a cord that long, but if I don't have nothing to plug it into, it's no good. But if I can find what I need to plug into, you, you understand that with your phone, right? Sometimes you go somewhere with your phone and you, you want to, I ain't got no power in my phone. But if you could just find something to plug it into that has the power for your phone, your phone will charge up, right? Well, why your faith ain't charged? You got to have, you got to plug, you got to, you got to, do you understand how it works? You got to plug, every day you ought to plug your faith into the word. Right. That's why James said faith without works are dead, but it's not your works. It's his works. See, my faith in his works, his death, being resurrection, my faith in his works, in his death, being resurrection, is what make my faith alive. It gives my faith its power. All right, now let's move on to where we're at now. If Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and our faith is useless. Keep reading. And we apostles, Paul says, are, now we are lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave, but that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. So you gotta understand, We've been taught, listen to me now, we've been taught in churches our resurrection. The Bible is not about your resurrection, not first. It's about his resurrection. 
because you believe in his resurrection, then now you are included in his resurrection. But we've been, not been taught. We've been taught that ain't all great going to hold my body down. When that trumpet sounds, I'm going to get up from that ground. Can't old gray. How many ever heard that? Sure, if you ever listened to television, that's all we heard. But it was when it said that, it was said that, that God's going to put my body with the soul in the ground. Because can't no grave hold my body down. When this trumpet sounds, I am going to get up from the ground. Wait a minute. That's not salvation. So you got you to, gotta, if you don't know, you're going to be deceived. Because if you're saved, I told you you're saved from five things. Anybody remember what the five things you were saved from? You were saved from the law. You were saved from sin. You were saved from death. You were saved from the grave or hell. And you were saved from Satan. See, that's on the board. The word saved means you delivered. See, you got to understand, when people tell you that God's going to put me in the ground and he's going to come back and get me, listen, then he didn't save you. He'll get you later. But then, then people will turn around and say in 2 Corinthians, go to 2 Corinthians 5 on the screen. They'll go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and then they'll cry to you this verse. Look at, just start verse 1. See, if you read what the Bible says, most stuff can be help. You can get help if you just read yourself. But most people are lazy. Christians are lazy when it comes to the Word. I'm just telling like it is. They want somebody else to read the Bible for them and tell them what the Bible says. And I tell people in the minute, oh, pass that word was good today. Did you get the tape? Oh, no, I didn't get the tape, but the word was good today. If the word was good today, you ought to go down and say, look, I got to hear this. I got to hear this again. Watch what the word says. For we know that if our earthly house. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch over and read out the NLT. Your earthly house is the flesh man. You do know that, right? They, only God only built two houses. That's the physical house and the spiritual house. That's why everything is natural for the natural house, for Adam. Everything is spiritual for the spiritual house, Christ. That's how you need to divide. You got to rightly divide the word. Watch what it says in the NLT. We know that when this earthly tent we live in, now who, who living in the tent? It's not hard. That's, that's not hard. He just told you we. Who's we? Oh! <laughs> you don't know who the we in the tent? I should have heard everybody say, soul pastor, my soul pastor, my soul is in this house. Come on, don't be so slow on this thing, right? All right, who in the tent? Soul. Oh, that's what I want to hear. My, I'm a pastor. My job is to make sure your soul is saved from the house. So 
Paul told you that God already told you the word. So the enemy's job is because you don't know the word, he's going to deceive you. People sit right up in the church and get deceived. Don't let that happen to you. We know that when this earthly tent, this old flesh, we live in, so we know it's the flesh, is taken down. That is when we die. And we leave this earthly body. Do you, listen to me now. Listen to me. I know you be want to say amen, but, but listen to me. That is when we die and we leave this earthly body. It didn't tell you you're going to be put in on ground. I went to a funeral this past week. And I, my soul was, my soul just rejoiced because I First time I ever heard anybody in this town preach that your soul do not go in the ground when you say. I just like, thank God somebody know. Because most people I hear tell you, oh, it's okay, we're gonna go put them in the ground today. And when the Lord comes, he's gonna get it, come and get them. The trumpet gonna see, you're missing the whole point. You're not understanding the word, and that's deceiving people. Keep going. Let me show you that. We're reading it out of the NLT. We know that when this earthly tent we live in, which is the body of the flesh, is taken down, that is when we die, and we leave this earthly body, we would have a house. Well, listen, we would, now that we will don't need to be there. We have. King James, you, we have. You don't will have. Either you in it, now you ain't in it. We have a house where? If the house is in heaven, then I don't need the one in the ground. Christ is the new house. Where is Christ? See, that's what I'm saying. So we don't, not we will have. Either you have or you don't have, you understand? Right. We, we have a house in heaven, and watch what he's going to tell you the kind of house it is. It's an eternal body made for us that's what, remember Christ said, he come up, up on this rock, I'll build my, right. So he made the house for us, wait on the next verse. By God himself, God made this house. And not by human hands. Why would he say that? Because the first house was made by his hands, right? Then he says, we grow weary of our present bodies and we long to put on our what? Heavenly bodies, and he's going to call them like new clothes. Heavenly body. Then he said, we will, we, for we will put on heavenly bodies again. So like I'm saying, if somebody preaching something else, they ain't studied nothing. And there you are, educated, master degree, sitting under somebody who ain't even fit to be teaching you the word. It's for your soul. It's not a game. Keep, put, put it up there. He said, we will put on heavenly bodies. Now, you put on heavenly bodies when you get saved. See, some of y'all, I, I say that, you just, I mean, where's Christ? Amen. I'm going to show you in the Word, I think in Romans 13, something find that for me. Put to you on the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't put on Christ after you die. It's not like, okay, I'm dead. Now, okay, my soul going to get out the body, and then go over here somewhere. Now, what Christ said for I can put on? You ought to put on Christ now. Do you understand that? 
Okay, so you have to understand when, how, to, how to understand the scripture. Keep going. It said, for we will put on heavenly bodies. Now that heavenly body is Christ, right? We will not be spirits with our bodies. See, people, what they told you was, you're going to come back to this earth, come back to this earth again. That's what they teach you in the rapture. God's going to take you up, clean off the earth, kill everybody who wants God, and bring you back to the earth. You come back to the earth, you got to have what? An earthly body. You cannot be in the earth without an earthly body. Why come back to the earth without earth? If you're in the earth, you got to have an earthly body. You're not going to be in the earth. You're going to be in the heavens. The heavens mean everything that's spiritual, invisible. is heaven. If I, could, if I can stand up right now and... I'm going to walk up the stairs now because I, I just can't just accelerate up in there, right? But if I could just go up in the air, this far without the stage, I'd be standing in heaven. The only thing that brings me back down is gravity. And the only thing in, that you see that's connected to gravity, take this off, won't be no gravity. What holds a balloon down? Somebody on the ground. If you turn it loose, it'll go. And the only reason you stand here is you in an earthly body. Will this thing come off? You're gone. How many can see that? It's just, you, you're in the heavens. All right, but you're going to have a glorified body that cannot be seen. But it'd be as real as the one you have now. All right, gonna look just, gonna look exactly like you, but 100% beautiful. Okay. Now, watch what he says. We will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. Keep going. We're gonna read down to verse 7. Verse number 4. We are reading NLT. Now, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not that we won't die and get rid of these bodies that close us. So what do these bodies do? They just close our soul. Remember, Adam was made a living soul. God put him in the body so he, have, he could stay on earth. He wouldn't go airborne. Okay? And then it says... Uh, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that close us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies. Now, that happens now when you get saved. I'm waiting on the next verse. So that these dying bodies, these bodies are dying bodies, we'll we'll be swallowed up of life. We'll be swallowed up of life. God himself, has prepared for us this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So why he gives us the Holy Spirit? To close our souls. To close our souls. Now, once God closed your soul, your soul stopped dying. Let me, let me repeat that again. To receive eternal life, if you already receive eternal life, your soul has stopped dying. Your soul can't die no more. See, when God saved you, Ephesians 2.1 told you we were dead in trespassing and sins. Anybody remember that? Yes. 
All right, so when God puts you in Christ, your soul stops dying. Amen. Your soul starts living. So once you got saved, you just start living. Now, if you don't get in Christ, you will continue to die until you have no more life. It's just like a car running out of gas. Natural life. You'll keep dying until you run out of natural life. You only have so much because you're in natural life, you're in time. But your soul, when it's in Christ, now it's in eternity, there's no time no more. Your soul stopped dying once God put it in Christ. Okay? Let's keep going. You learn the word? All right. So in verse 6, we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we are living these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. Got to hear what he just says. When you're in these bodies, you're not at home with the Lord because your earthly body is your home here. So to be saved, your, earth, your soul must leave home. Remember, remember the marriage when God gave it? The man must leave his father and his mother and then be joined to his wife. That's what has to happen with your soul. Your soul got to leave Adam. It, it won't come out, it just disconnect. I don't want Adam no more. I want Christ. Christ comes inside of you and seal your soul while he is yet inside of your body. So when your body leaves, your body will go one way, your soul will go the other. Your soul will go, your body will go back to the dust, dust thou, dust thou shall return, and your soul will go to be with the Lord who gave you. Okay, that's what you give me to see. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we, are, we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. So you're not at home with the Lord. You have to leave it here and go home to the Lord. Right now, the Lord lives in you. But it's not your home. You, you in Christ, that's your home. For we live by believing. Now listen to this. Now people told you you had to be water baptized. You had to hear what the word said. We live by believing and not by seeing. So when the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight, means we live by believing, not by seeing. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. You need to write that down. Now, the reason why I'm going to get to this, because I'm going to show you, it has to do with what you eat. Remember, Eve ate of the wrong tree is where I'm going. Are you ready to go there? Yeah. All right, now, this is what I say. I'm going to say it again. 90% of people go to church would not go to be with the Lord when they, when they die. 90% plus. Because people think they're saved. And you know when people think they say they don't need the word. I'm already saved. You know how many times I thought I was saved? How many thought they were saved more than once? Sure. All right, now we're going to go back and see what happened to Eve. Is there any more scriptures out there for you, for me? 
Romans 13, that's it, 14? All right, let's look at Romans. I asked you, I said, let's go back. You'll put you on the Lord Jesus Christ is what I asked you to look up. Remember that? Now, now if, you, if, if you're not saved, this is what you have to do. You have to put on Christ. But he's talking, uh, he's, he ministers to the soul man. The Old Testament is to the natural man. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 14. Well, matter of fact, can we start earlier up there and start that uh, verse number 10? Let's go to 10 to 14. Now, watch what Paul is saying. Because these people here in Romans, they, they weren't saved. So he's letting them know what they need to do before Christ comes back. He said, love do no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirement of God's law. He said, love working no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Then in verse 11 he says, this is all the more urgent. So he's getting into some urgent stuff now. You know how late it is. That's why I told you, when somebody tell you today Christ is coming, should not be standing there. Because they're going to deceive you. Paul preached Christ is coming and his time is near, and John, and told you it was the last days. If you were living in Paul and John time. Now people 2,000 years later will tell you now, well, you know it's the last days. If you don't know, you in grace. And grace don't have no last days. But if you don't know that, watch this, you're going to be deceived. And the way you're going to be deceived is like Eve. How was she deceived? She believed the lie. So tell me if a man is, is not saved by believing a lie, how are they saved? Put it on the screen for me. John 8, 30. See, if, if you know how Adam got in the situation, you'll know how Adam going to get out. If Adam was going to be saved, if you know how somebody was lost, it's just like, for example, when I pull up on the road and here's a person, car has pulled over and they got their flashes on. The first thing I say is, what's going on? Are you okay? Oh, I ran out of gas. They already got the answer. I don't need to go in their hood and start giving them a new battery. I don't need to mess with their tires, do I? What did they, what did they say their problem was? They ran out of gas. So what do they need to get going? Yes. <laughs> it's so easy, isn't it? So if I know how Adam got here, how did Eve get to see she believed a lie? The word eat means to believe. You need to write that down. You're going to need that. The word eat means believe. So that's why you got people today, they're still taking communion because they think they're supposed to eat this bread and drink this cup. He's not talking about that. That cup and bread mean Passover. He's telling you to eat the Passover. When I go to John 6, I'm going to show it to you. If you're going to eat the Passover today, you can't eat physical or natural bread and get eternal life. You ought to know better than that. You got a bachelor, master, degree, doctorate, and all that kind of stuff. And you up here eating bread, think you're going to get eternal life. And people are deceived. 
And Jesus said to them, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And they look at him and say, I know you're crazy now. <laughs> you want us to eat your flesh and drink your blood? He wasn't talking about eating his physical flesh. He talking about eating the Passover because now he became the Passover. But no, the church must, he must not tell the church. That's what Paul was saying. As he spake, watch what Jesus came and told them. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Many did what? Believe. What does the word eat mean? Believe. Right, you need to write that down somewhere. So if you eat the word, mean you believe the word. And I'm going to go and give you the next one. The word drink means to hear and to see spiritually. To hear and to see spiritually means to drink. And in the new covenant, what do you drink? You drink spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. I don't know where you're at right now. Let's finish that, then you go to 1 Corinthians 12. Finish where you're at so I don't mess you up here. John 8, 30. As he spake this word, many believed on him. They believed on him. Then said Jesus, those Jews which believed on him. He's talking to the ones that said they believe. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Why do they need to continue? Why do we need to continue? Why do they need to continue? They had to continue because they was not free yet. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, you shall, and you shall, shall the future tense. Paul hadn't got here yet. See, you don't see it. Jesus had a forerunner named John the Baptist. John the Baptist started off the race. Jesus took the baton from John the Baptist, but he got to pass the baton to Paul. See, John the Baptist came, he represented the ministry of the Father. Jesus represented the ministry of the Son. Now you got the ministry of the, the Holy Spirit. That's Paul's ministry. You can't get saved until Paul come and preach. So you got to continue. These same people here that used to, that Paul preaching to, they were under Jesus' ministry and they were back there with John. See, so you still had Peter, James, and John once Paul was preaching. They were with Jesus. They remember John. They followed John before they followed Jesus. The disciples of Jesus Christ came from John. You do know the word, right? All right. You shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. You can't be saved until you know the truth. Can you put John 14, 6 up there just quickly? We'll come right back to this verse. You shall know the truth. And Jesus said to them, I am the way. I am the truth. 
I'm the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So when he said, go back to John 8, you shall know me. Because once you know Jesus, he's going to give you the spirit of truth. That's what he told him in John 14, 15, 16. When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he shall teach you all truth. You can't get truth till the Holy Ghost come. And you shall know the true Christ, and then the Holy Spirit of truth going to make you free. You can't get all that till Paul come. You can't get the Holy Spirit until Paul come because Jesus is the only one got it. And he hadn't died. But when he died, he laid down his life. He gave us his life. See, his life is eternal life. He's the only one who had it. Okay, let's finish. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth is going to make you free. He's talking about the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of truth. Then answer him, we be Abraham and say, no, I don't want the, uh, no, I want the, the truth shall make you free. If the truth, I want the spirit of truth. John 14, uh, let's look at the one in John 14, 15, or 16. Let's go to when he, the spirit of truth, has come. That's what I want. It's in John 14, 15, and 16. You're going to go down to verse 26 if I need to tell you that much. But when the comfort has come, verse 26. Now read the whole Bible for you. One don't say the comfort. One say when he, the spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you to all truth. He will take a mind. He will show it to you. Thank you. I just tell you the chapters, 14, 15, 16. Those are the only places Jesus taught the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, 16. You need to mark that in your Bible. Jesus taught about the Holy Ghost in John 15, 14, 15, 16. John 16 said, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, the, the Spirit of truth, he shall teach you all things. How much is he going to teach you? He's going to teach you all things. He's going to bring all things to your remembrance. You won't know nothing until he get here. That's why you couldn't get free until the Holy Spirit comes. That's why I tell a man today, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you can't get free. It's not that you ain't free. You can't because you have death in the mind, not in the physical body. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5. You do not, you're not saved until your conscience is saved. Your soul is what God saved. Condemnation is in the conscience of man. Romans 8 and 5 says, For they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. And they that are after the spirit, they do mind the things of the spirit. That's what they're at. Their mind is on the things of the spirit. But watch what he tell you. To be calmly minded. He gave you the definition of death. It's not, it's not what you get in the, To be calmly minded, natural minded, is death. So what happened to Eve? Her mind was corrupted. She ate of the wrong tree. To be calm in mind is death. That's when death came. Once she ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, she sinned. Then sin took her into death. And death, the ways of sin is death. And from death, she goes to the grave, which is hell. And then from there, she goes to the devil. They're just the opposite of what the truth does. Truth brings you back to God. Amen. Be calm in mind is death. But to be spiritual minded is life and peace. 
Look at back. Keep on reading. Keep on reading. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind hates God. The carnal mind, the natural mind, the natural mind. See, if you get a person not saved, they mind hate God. It's not them. They don't even know what, 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 what's going on. But their mind is enmity against God or their mind hate. That word enmity means hate. They mind hate God. For it's not subject to the law of God. Neither can be. It cannot obey God. It's a natural mind. So then they that are in the flesh, the person not saved, they can't please God. So watch what people are doing in churches. They'll baptize them in Jesus' name and they got them eating bread and wine and they still can't please God. Why they can't please God? Do anybody know what they got to have to please God with? In this church, in this church, they better know. In this church, I'll jump out there on you. Go to, go, go to, go to, Hold, hold what you have right there. Go to Hebrews 11 and 6. Don't go shout it out now I gave you a chance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I used to do in school when teacher asked me a question. I didn't know, and I'd be going, oh, I'm mean, oh, mm. And then I hear somebody say, I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but without faith, why couldn't that person please God? Why can't an unbeliever please God? They don't have no faith. What pleases God is when God says something and you say, yes, Lord. You can do that. When God tells you his plan, his purpose for your life, you will be able to say, yeah, I know you can do that. God is able to do. Exceeding abundant above all we can ask to think according to the power. What is the power that working in us? It's your faith. He can only do it according to the faith that working in you. So when you not believe in God, you're the one hidden in God. Don't tell me what God can't do. I know what God can do. I have his faith. That's what his spirit is called, the spirit of faith. Now to him that's able to do. Exceeding, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think, but it's according to the power that worketh in you. And the power that worketh in you is God's faith. Philippians 3, Philippians 1 and 3, and Philippians 2, 12. Man, I got to get to my message, don't I? All that I gave you this morning just because you're so nice being here. I want to feed you so until you burp. I thank my God, no, Philippians one and six and three and twelve. Being confident, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you, he will perform it unto the day of Christ, or till you are like Christ. So stop being hard on yourself. You're not done with you yet. <laughs> Philippians 2.13. That's why it says Philippians 2.12. 3.12. 3, 
For it is God, Philippians 2.13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Well, what is he using? Somebody finally. I'm just going to pour it down, y'all. He's using his faith. I want to say your faith. His faith. Remember the new covenant, you brought nothing to the table. Everything you have is from him. Old Testament, they had their faith. Be it under you according to your faith. New covenant, Galatians 2.20, is his faith. You don't get his faith till you get saved. His faith can believe him. Your faith can't. Okay. Let's go for 15 minutes here, I think I got. And let's go back and show you what Eve's problem was. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. Thank you, Lord. I thought it was going to take me into the eating the Passover, but I get that for the next service. I won't be so hard on you this morning. All right, let's go back and show you what happened. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Now, we're going to show you she didn't know the word. That's what I want to show you. She didn't know the word. She knew about the word. See, knowing about the word is not enough. So otherwise, stop trying to quote something you don't know what you're saying. Because the word said that or it didn't. What did I tell you we go to? I said Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, 17, just two verses, right? But the Lord God warned him. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. Stop right there. How many trees could he freely eat? I need you to participate now. No, just put just some which side gonna participate? Which side gonna participate? I'm looking for somebody gonna participate. All right. What what could he eat? Everybody. What could he eat? You can eat every tree in the garden. Every tree. How many trees? Every. Now, when I go back to Eve, we're going to see the Eve know the word. The next verse says, so God told him, you can eat every tree of the garden. Except a one tree. You can eat every tree in the garden except one tree, and that's going to be the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, I'm going to show you something out the wild, the next teaching on down coming. I'm going to show you people proud. Because, see, they over here at this church, eating from that tree. <laughs> then they over here at this church, eating from that tree. <laughs> and then from, uh, oh, Lord. You know what problem is? You know what your problem is? Eating from the wrong tree. See, death came, death came because of what she ate. Death come first through the mind. See, people think people just die. No. First, the enemy corrupts your mind so you can't believe God. So you can't get what you need from God because to get what you need from God, you must believe. So he corrupts the mind so you can't believe God. Now you, listen to me. 
Now you can't get what you need from God. Because the only way you're going to get what you need from God, you got to eat and drink. That's why I told you to write them down. You go, oh, yeah, Robert. And you know what? I'm going to come back and ask you after a while. What is eating and what is drinking? You walk what I tell you. You're going to look at me like, Robert, you ain't asked that no more. Yeah, I'm going to ask you again. You got to live this life. This ain't no game. So to eat the word means to do what? Believe. To believe the word. Come on, what is it again? Believe. believe the word. And to drink the word means to do what? Hear and to see spiritually, right? All right. Now that's what I understand. All right. Now let's go to where I am right now. I just gave it to you. Except the tree of knowledge is going to eat. So you can eat all the trees. Say, look at somebody and say, you can eat all the trees. But not the tree, tree. of the good and evil. evil. Right. If you eat its fruit, come on, if you eat its fruit, fruit. come with the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Come on, if you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what's going to happen to you? You're going to die. See, that's what people are doing. They're going over here to this church. They don't know who in the world. That's why the Bible told you, know them. Somebody find me that verse. Find me that verse. It, find me the verse. It said, know them that labor among you. You better know who they are. Because I'm going to take you to the word of God. People don't know that. They go to their church because that church is a certain denomination. That's the only reason they go in there. 512, 1 Thessalonians 512. What did God already told you what to do? And we beseech you, brethren, we beg you, Know them which labor among you. You better know the churches and the pastors that you're going to. Know them that labor among you and over you in the Lord. So I know they're talking about preachers. Know them. And admonish you. What the next verse says. What the next verse says. You got to know them. That. And then it says, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourself. But you got to know, know them, know who they are. You don't just go sit up in any restaurant. You don't go sit up in any church unless you know that pastor. People don't care. People don't care as long as they, they're in the nomination. They don't care who it is. Don't care who it is. And that's why people have a big old thing on their wall talking about go to this church. Tell you, when you leave here, you got to go to another church like this one. Well, what if the man is the devil? I don't care. Go to that church. I'm going to show you the next part, showing you what I mean. Eve ate of the wrong tree. That's all she did. And once she ate from the wrong tree, corrupted her mind. And she could not believe God no more. It put fear in her heart and blinded her mind. Ephesians 4, 4. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. I believe God planted this church in this city. Amen. Just as sure as I'm sitting here. 
just as sure as you can go everywhere you want to go, but I believe God planted this church in this city so people can be saved. Now you can go all over the world and go do where you got to go. Just, so, just go. But I'm trying to tell you something. When God put a tree in the garden, you got to find out where it is and you got to get to it. I'm telling you, most, 95% of the work that Brother Charles do in the storehouse is for people who used to go here. He makes CDs and DVDs every day for people who don't go here no more. Because they go down here, whoo, and all of a sudden, well, I'm going to church. That's the first thing you should have thought about. Let's move on. Pastor, ain't no word that I could have told you that. But if our gospel be hid, watch what Paul says, it's hid from them that are lost. That's why the first two series I did on removing the veil. Because if you got the veil on your head, on your eye, You've been blinded. In whom the God of this world did what? Blinded their mind. How did he blind their mind? He corrupted their minds. He blinded the minds of them that believe not. He blinded their minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image of God, should shine under them. He blinded their minds. How does he blind the mind? He corrupted her mind. So when the mind is corrupted, the mind can't believe God. See, once you eat of the tree of neither good and evil, that tree had two, two had a mixture. Good and evil. Let me show you something in James. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little out of order here, but Lord help me to do it. Let's show you this as we close in the book of James. James talked about this. She cannot pick it up. Lord help me. He talked about wild olive berries and all this stuff. You know, you listen to that, you be going, what is he talking about? I'm going to show you. Go to James chapter 3. Start verse 5. I'm just going to just read this. Whatever you, whatever, whatever you have is okay. Even so the tongue. The tongue is a little member. But the tongue boasts a great thing. Can't nobody brag like the tongue. Amen. Behold, how great a matter. A little fire kindling. That tongue can put, set on fire anything. And the tongue is a fire. I said the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. It's the tongue. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body. And the tongue set on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. That means you better get saved. That's why you're saved through your believing. Keep reading. It says, and every kind of beast and every kind of bird, every kind of serpent. And if things in the sea is tamed 
and hath been tame of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil. The tongue is full of poison. So when you get here and hear somebody that don't have the Holy Spirit and God has not sent them here and they hear preaching to you, they are setting on nature, course nature. You're changing your course of nature. Changing your life, destroying your life. And you just, <laughs> praise Reverend. Come on, finish, let's finish. But the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God with the tongue, even the Father. And then we turn around and curse men, which are made after similitude of God. Paul, Jane will say, out of the same mouth proceeded, watch this, blessings and curse. Now why is that come out the same mouth? Remember, I was somewhere when I said, let me show you something. Where was I at? No, no, this is what I see. Eve ate of the wrong tree. You're still not getting it. She, she, her mind was corrupted. Now she spoke good and evil. She can curse folk out. Hallelujah. And then, hey, the Sunday little car, Romo, out the same eye. Don't let nobody fool you. Once you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, the cursing cease. The curses, the cursing and the swearing ceases because somebody got that tongue now. Whew, I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to help you out. You can be trying to say something. You know more, that stuff is out here. The Holy Ghost took that tongue over. Out of the same mouth proceeding, blessings and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be. Does a fountain send forth of the same place, same mouth, sweet water and bitter water? You don't get no sweet water out of fountain in bitter water. Can the fig tree, my brother, bear olive berries? Can a vine bring forth fig? So no man, no fountain, no fountain. Can you have salt water and fresh water? Don't nobody deceive you. My time is up. I thank you for your... Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.